Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, episode 26, back to full strength with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on our new home, the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And now Smitty has a quick word from our new show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up at BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, that is BETUS.com, and use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS. Dot com. You know, two big announcements coming up on this episode. We have our, we reached a thousand followers on Twitter. So that was a big milestone for us. And we are going to give away two t-shirts, two Bruins Benders podcast t-shirts. Uh, we picked out the two winners. So we'll announce that later on. And then we'll also talk about our new, our playoff shows uh, during the playoff run here. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But first... Week in review time, and I don't know, if Smitty, if you realize this, there's a trend now where the Bruins are losing the first game of the week <laughs> and then winning the rest, so we're flipping it. We flipped the script. Uh, okay, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> winning at the end is good. We're in a better mood that way, so I, uh, I, I like that. I, I like that uh, flip of the script. Well, it, it takes the jinx thing out of it, so that's that's good. Right yeah, there. we don't have to set anyone on fire, so that's excellent. <laughs> no, no, and I like doused myself in lighter fluid and everything for it. Yeah, because I'm dedicated. That's right, a dedicated individual. We can review April 21st at Pittsburgh. Uh, kind of a stinker, four to nothing loss. The Bruins got 52 shots on net. That's a record. First time in franchise history with 50-plus shots and zero goals. And that was pretty much the story of the, of the old ball game. Yeah, they made history. You know, congratulations. That, <laughs> that may have been the easiest 52-save uh, shoutout that I've ever seen in my entire oh my life. God. Uh, yeah. they, I don't re really remember them having any really good scoring chances in that game. I don't either. Uh, no, no. But the silver lining is... Casey DeSmith is from New Hampshire. So oh, good for him. Yeah, so good for the fine folks from the Granite State. Yeah. Uh, that was a forgettable game, and, and we'll just move on. Well, live free or die. <laughs> yeah. And Bruins, <laughs> Bruins died on that night. They certainly uh, did. I actually looked up in the top left corner of the screen where they show the shots at, like, maybe midway through the third, and I'm like, they have 41 shots or whatever it was. I'm yeah. Like, really? Wow, that was that was pathetic. Uh, all right, April 23rd, bounce back win. Three to one win over the New York Rangers. The Bruins get their reinforcements back. Pasternak back. Lindholm back. Uh, Lindholm plays the most minutes on the team, 24 plus minutes. Pasternak scores pretty much right away. Uh, and Freddie with a rebound goal, uh, which was nice to see. And it was a really difficult. That, that showed some really good hands from Frederick to score that rebound goal. Almark was great, and it was a really good win against the playoff team. Yeah, the you know the bees get Lindholm, Pasta, and Almark back, and they all played well. Pasta had a goal and an assist. Almark was tremendous. Uh, the only goal was on the power play where he and Kyle uh, somehow both ended up without sticks. Uh, so, um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, but Pasta becomes the third fastest player to debut at the Bruins to get 500 points. Mm. Um, so he does it in 508 games following Bobby Orr, who had uh, uh, in th did it in 396 games, and Ray Bork in 484 games. Um, and this was a real good win against a quality playoff team. And uh, wasn't that the goal where wasn't that the goal where Carlo just left? to go get a stick like did you see that he, he dropped his stick and then i think he went yeah. to get it or he was getting right. all marks like he knocked all marks stick out of his hand too yeah i mean it was just a, it was an absolute oh, it was an absolute mess and and Postenark also uh in in that little uh snippet there uh the 500 points he was the second uh second most goals um only neely had more in the in uh the 
the rush to 500 points there. So Neely had really? like only yeah. Neely had more. Yeah. Well, I mean, Neely had that run where he just yeah scored every night. Right. Really. Um, but yeah, Pasternak's been a tremendous goal scorer and sorely missed. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, April 24th at Montreal, a five to three win uh, playing a a really bad team amongst the the playoff team. So this could have been one of those games where kind of a trap, kind of a schedule loss, Guy Lafleur night. Um, But Guy Lafleur night was the only reminder of how great this rivalry was because the Canadians (laughs) are as bad as I can remember. They ever have been in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, and the Bruins slept walk after taking a four to one lead. They hang on to get the win. And, um, and like I said, just the, just the game you kind of have to play at this point in the season. Yeah. Guy LaFleur night. It was an emotional night for the Habs. I was surprised they came out still kind of lackluster, but I guess that just shows how terrible they are at this point in time. Um, but they've always done tributes really so well. Uh, this was no exception, a 10 minute standing ovation for Mm -hmm. number 10, uh, the flower. So uh, it was really, really well done. Uh, the Bruins played um, pretty well, um, you know, except for, and uh, they get a couple goals from Berge and Halla. Uh, Marshan with a couple assists. Um, his play was encouraging. Um, a couple of brain farts by Freddie and McGoughlin uh, kept it close, uh, but it was really, you know, it was more of a blowout, blowout than, than the score indicated. And it was a good win uh, on the back end of a back and back. Yeah, it, it was. And, uh, you know, Freddie, Freddie, again, and we'll talk about it a bit later when I do my, my benders or my uh, whipping boy segment, but, you know, Freddie taking a penalty, you know, he, I, I get the whole standing up for the teammates thing. And I'm sure that the Bruins have heard some of that from the media and the fans and such. Uh, but there's a time and a place. And that was a, that was a spot right there where the Canadians have nothing to play for. They're terrible. You're, you're in control. And you just got to be better than that. Um, and Freddie has to learn that there's a time and a place for sure. Uh, and in April 26th tonight against Florida, a 4-2 to two win. It was a very good win against another playoff team, and probably the best team, maybe the best team in the league. Uh, two goals in six seconds to take a 2-1 to one lead after going down a goal. Allmark makes a great save. Uh, to to prevent it from being two to nothing, and then the Bruins bounce back, get a couple of quick goals. Uh, then again, they give up a late goal in the first period. Point four seconds left. Reinhardt at the doorstep. Carlo with a bad penalty. You know, just bad management. Uh, bad situational hockey. Um, but you know, it didn't let it affect them. And Jake DeBrusque with a great rebound goal off a really smart shot by Marchand to get it on net. And the Bruins play a great third defensively. I thought that they played as good of a, you know, a, you know, a third period while ahead as they played in a long time. I don't remember many really good chances from the Panthers at all in that third. No, no, that was an, an excellent third period. Uh, a really solid 60 minutes overall. They had a couple of hiccups early. Uh, Carlo, like you said, Grizzlick with the turnover, Clifton had a turnover that led to the uh, penalty. Um, so a couple of bad, you know, puck management things there, but they outshoot him 36-21, 16-3 shot advantage in the third while they're trying to defend that lead. Um, really, really good against an excellent offensive team and the kind of lockdown defense that you want heading into the playoffs. Yeah, and the structure is there, and it has been, as we've talked about for the last, you know, two or three weeks. And now with Lindholm back, you know, and, and playing those heavy minutes with McAvoy, you really have that really good top pair that that they didn't really even have in, in 2019. So that's that's something going for them there, two horses in the, in the top pair which they've been sort of dying for. Um, so it is a good sign heading into the playoffs. The thing about Carlo is, it's funny, you know, he's played fairly well for the last couple of months overall, but when it goes bad, it goes horrendously, horrifically bad for him. Like he'll yeah. fall down or he'll look just like a, just bad. And it'll go really bad, like lose a stick or take a horrific penalty or, or cough it up in front of the net. Like he's had some really awful looking plays that stand out more so than the steadiness he has, because when he's steady, it's sort of under the radar. Right. So it's almost like people get on him and think he's worse than he is. He's actually a pretty good player. It's just when it goes bad, it goes south. 
Yeah, in a, in a hurry. Uh, and 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 this the the goal right at the end of the period was no exception. He he sucks into the middle when Duclair's out wide trying to defend a guy. The other defenseman was already defending. Right. And right. and then the pass goes to Duclair and he has a horrible angle, so he has to take a penalty and then they and they end up scoring. And and it's plays like that. Like you there's no reason for you to do that. There's no reason for you to suck into the middle. The other guy's already there. Like, just let him do his job. You'll you do your job, and everything will be fine. Like, that was a nothing play. Like, right. it was a nothing play. Like, it, it shouldn't have come to anything, never mind a really quality scoring chance and then a penalty. Right, and then, and then a late goal, and that's, that's, not, that's not how you want to do it in the playoffs. No, for sure. Uh, all right, seven chirps time. Sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Winsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events on social media. Number one, Jake DeBrusque's nominated for the Masterson Trophy by the team. This completes his miraculous turnaround as someone who won it out of town and has now come back. And not only is he scoring goals and being a major contributor in the top line, but now he's loved by all. <laughs> he is. He is. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a big Jake love fest now with yeah. everybody. I'm on board. I'll, I'll, you know, if there's room in that train, I'll hop on. I mean, I, I, I thought for sure. I'm like, you have to trade the guy. He doesn't want to be here. I, but yeah. I, and I didn't think you could play the right side. I didn't think he plays off wing either. But right. he's doing it, and he's doing right. it exceptionally well right now. Right. So uh, let's keep that train rolling, and well. everybody can hop on, and <laughs> uh, and we'll see how far it can take us in the playoffs. Yeah, I think we can put that on your your uh, end of year best of the best of Smitty end of year clips. Yeah, that one where you talked about how they got to get rid of the guy. He right, can't play his offside. Yeah, he doesn't want to be here. And I was with you. I mean, I I just thought, how can you have a guy not only stay on the team for a playoff run, but be on the top line, and uh, and play his offside, and you know, Sophia Yerkstevich <laughs> talked uh, today about uh, Jake. Jake had mentioned how the, the leadership of the team, you know, the, the core players mm -hmm. really got behind him and really supported him. And, geez, now with his contract for the next couple of years at a very affordable price, I wonder if that, I wonder if he stays. You know, I wonder if he does. Yeah, I mean, if he has I, a good, I, no I, mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I, yeah. I, I hope he has a really good playoffs, and it makes it either a, a very hard decision for them to let him let him go, or right. they get something tremendous in return for him sure. because now he's a you know twenty something goal scorer and he had a tre tremendous playoffs. Right. So I mean, I think it's a win win for all sides whether he stays uh, or goes. You know, I think you know it's it's. All things are moving in the right direction there. Right. Maybe he scores another goal this year. He's, he'll be a two-time 25-plus goal scorer mm -hmm. so in the league. So he could, you know, he should get something in return. But, you know, that's going to be an interesting development in the offseason. Uh, number two, Bruce Cassidy discussed recently the balance between eyeball tests and analytics. And where do you fall on this? Uh, I'm 100% in the middle of this. I think eyeball tests are still important. Like, you watch Connor Clifton, you're like, well... Yeah. Okay. He's, he's a sixth to seventh defenseman, but the analytics say that he's better than that. Right now. I mean, the analytics don't take into account all the times that he throws a hit out of position and locks out because the puck doesn't end up back where he was or, you know, somebody covers for him or the puck just happens to bounce, you know, the right way and he doesn't get caught where, you know, if things don't go well, you know, he gets caught a few of those times. It's in your net, and then you're out of the playoffs. Right. So um, I still, <laughs> I still, of all the guys, I still like him the best there, though. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I do. I, do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I, yes. I, I think that you're now seeing Clifton and Forbort becoming a thing because I think it was, I saw that he, that the two of them had played 73 minutes of five on five and only given up two high danger chances and 73 minutes of hockey together or something absurd. Uh, 
And <laughs> that, that, see, there's your analytics, research. and that doesn't seem yeah. right to me. That doesn't seem right at all. I mean, I, I feel like my eyeballs have failed me. Yeah, because I feel like I dream about twenty high danger maybe, chances. Maybe my eyeballs have. I mean, I didn't he give <laughs> didn't he give one? Maybe I, my eyeballs are on fire. Didn't he give one to Duclair tonight? Didn't he basically pass it right to him? Well, in in front of the net, he had the puck behind his net, and he had plenty of time to just keep it going. I remember that play. Net. Yep. And he turned. And he got stripped from behind. make a play and get stripped. Yeah. Like, nothing came of it, but I'm like, oh, my God, this is in the net. Yeah. Like, this is in the net. Right. And this is the one instance. This is the the absolute prime example uh-huh. of that he can kill you all of a sudden. It's right. Like a, it's like a sniper. Like, yeah. he's like a sniper. He, he will kill the team in a millisecond. Yeah, he's all like of a sudden. He's like a Navy SEAL. For he is. He like will he stealthily just, kill you. He's a stealth bomber. He is. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like uh, he. What did we? What did I call him earlier? He was uh, friendly fire. <laughs> yeah, friendly fire. He is. He's friendly fire. He's a. He's yeah. a. Yeah. He's a sniper. Friendly fire. He's a sniper <laughs> who's picking off his own guys. That's yeah. what he is. I mean, so that pairing is going to be a thing, and Riley is going to ha- is going to be sort of. He's going to be the odd man out unless somebody gets hurt or there's some sort of matchup where they they go back and forth but if they continue to play like that as a third pair Riley's not going to play no I mean we've talked about this before and, and you mentioned it he's redundant Riley yes. is redundant yeah. so he you know you already have Lindholm and Grizzlick to do what Riley does you don't need yes. another guy like that you need Forbert there who has been a monster on the PK has mm-hmm. been playing really really well lately knock mm-hmm. on wood I don't want to jinx mm-hmm. the guy um, but you know, that, that third pair with him and Clifton's been, you know, solid. And yes. and Forberts brings a, an element of physicality and penalty killing that Riley doesn't bring. So I, I think you're I think you're right. I think you, you go with, you know, kind of the lineup they've been riding with for the last few games. Yeah, man, I think that Riley is going to be the odd man out in the offseason. I think you know they'll yeah. they'll resign Zaboral for some insurance and, and ease I hope him so. back in. And then Riley will be gone because I, like I said before, I want my third pair to be just defensively stout. Like I don't, I don't care about the offense from the third pair. They only play 10, 12 minutes. Like it's not, right. it's not a ton of time. Just don't let just it end up in your net. Yeah. Just it, wear, wear the other team down, be a little intimidating, you know, face wash some guys and just not, just don't kill us. Yeah. And I, and Riley, you know, brings a different element that I think is more of a top, top or second pair of defense which you know he's not good enough to be on a good team but he's not a third pair type because he's just not physical and he's not that that change of pace you know in the third pair right uh all right number three early in the season nesson puts a below 500 red sox team on nesson and the bruins going against arguably the best team in the nhl while closing in on the playoffs is on nesson plus will the people in charge at nesson ever really figure it out and will they figure out how to not skip the video the video was atrocious it, i felt like i was going to seizure <laughs> like it kept like skipping or it was like it just wasn't smooth video in the beginning and then it stopped then it froze and then it got better and i'm like jesus i even tweeted it out like can Nessa not suck i mean yeah. one time i mean it's just i guess i get that the red sox own Nesson and everything and the red sox so you know you're going to put the Red Sox on, but for God's sakes, I mean, it's the playoffs, like, or it's, it's leading to the playoffs. I mean, these are big games right? and I got to search. I had to search for Nesson plus, like I had no idea yeah. where it was. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's my point is like, no one right now cares about the Red Sox. They don't, no. they care no, about yeah. the Celtics. They care about the Bruins and they care about the NFL draft a hell yes. of a lot more than anybody gives a flying fuck about the Red Sox right now. Right. But yeah, right. then, you know, the Red Sox are on Nesson and everybody's got to go hunting around. People are asking, tweeting out what channels the Bruins right. game on. I can't find right. them. I have no idea where they are. Yeah. I mean, right. That, that shouldn't happen. It, it, no, shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. I mean, it the people at Nessions should know better than that. I mean, you, you're putting a 7-10 and 10 team, you know, that's early in the season. It, there's 162 flipping games, you know. Right. <laughs> They're on every night. Put, put, yeah. the, put the team that's good 
on the good channel. Like seven and eleven or whatever. Right. Yeah, seven and ten. Yeah. Right. Now now they're blowing the game tonight. It's five to five now. They were now up five to two. So it's just, you know, it's yeah, it, no one cares. It's April baseball. Like nobody cares. Um but they'll never figure that out. And and now that John Henry owns the Penguins, he probably doesn't want anybody to watch the Bruins. So yeah, that's true. There you go. Number four, what do you want the Bruins to accomplish in the last few games before the playoffs start? So now two games left, one against the team way out of it in the Sabres, and then the Toronto game at the end. Cassidy did mention tonight after the game they're going probably full lineup against the Sabres, and then the last game will be uh, they'll be some guys getting some rest. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what I want to see. I want to see some of the top top guys get some rest. I want everybody to be healthy, first and foremost. Um, I want them to, and it seems like they have kind of figured out the defensive pairings, what they, what you think the, uh, what you think the lineup will be, all that stuff. I wanted to get it ironed out, and then I want them to pay attention to the motherfucking details. Like, right. don't like manage the puck well, be right. strong on pucks, clear the front of the net. You know, all the little line change well, for crying out loud, line change well. All the little things that are going to matter in the postseason, I want them to tighten those up. Tighten it up. Yep. Yeah, and the, and the late the late period thing. The late period I thing is, is a big you know, one. It's becoming, yeah, it's becoming a big one as well. Number five, looks like Caroline in the playoffs, potentially. Uh, they might have some goaltending issues as Frederick Anderson has been hurt. And may miss a few games in the in round one. I saw it today. Does this make you feel any better about this matchup? No, it does not. No, <laughs> it doesn't. Until the Bruins can prove to me, and it'll, it will have to happen, I guess, in game one of the playoff. Until they can prove to me that they can play against that team and not lose by more than three, then mm-hmm. I it, it doesn't right. matter to me. You no. you can talk it up. You can say you know they were healthy or weren't healthy or who they had in the lineup or who they didn't who. Carolina has or doesn't have in the line. It doesn't matter to me at all unless unless and until the Bruins can prove that they can stay within a goal of that team. And if and and then yeah, okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I don't think it matters one bit. It really doesn't. I think it's a bad matchup for the Bruins. I think that Carolina is tired of the Bruins kicking them around. There's all those things. Carolina is a great team. They have balance. They have defense. You know, it all down the line. So. Until something is different, you know, when those two, those two teams play each other, I, I can't I can't be excited about facing them. No, I mean it was three nothing loss in Carolina, and then two losses at home, seven to one, six to nothing. Yeah, I mean that's that's not great. That's not even competitive. No, and I know they haven't played in a long, in a long time. That was a, that was quite a bit ago, uh, and the you know Bruins didn't have Lindholm, and they probably you know, and for some of those games, one of the games I think they did have pretty much their team. I think it was a seven to one loss, um, but the guys in and out of the lineup and so forth, but still it's not a great matchup for them. And Carolina should be kind of hungry. The Bruins have eliminated them in the past, mm-hmm. recent past. Yeah. So they're probably ready to beat them. Uh, you know, Sebastian Ajo and, you know, Tara Vine, and they've got some guys on the team. Sveshnikov, yeah. Sveshnikov, yeah. who can, who can really score goals. Yeah. It's really going to press, uh, the, Bru- the Bruins who don't have a ton of playoff experience, a goaltender. And of course the defense, which, you know, analytically and structurally is good. Um, but prone to mistakes. So we'll mm-hmm. see how that works. Number six, as we mentioned, are the late period meltdowns now psychological? I don't know if I would go that far, but I believe it is a focus, you know, issue. I don't think I, I not necessarily that they let up because I think they all try hard. Um, and maybe it's just fluky that it ha- seems to always happen right at the end of the periods, but it goes back to puck management, like pasta with a bad pass that causes eternal, like you have to know the situation. You have to be right. better at knowing the situation. You know, he's probably like tired. He's like, oh, it's the end of the period. I'll just fire this over here. Well, right. you know, yeah. it leads yeah. to a bad <laughs> bad chance and then it's in your net. So I don't know if it's psychological. I think it's just awareness and situational awareness and focus. And, you know, like I said, you want to tighten some things up uh, coming into the playoffs here. 
And they are they are a team that tends to try to go north south a lot. Like they try to transition and, and go, and they use the center of the ice a lot to mm-hmm. clear their own zone. Yep. Um, and I think that's some of the like changing the way they play in the last minute to just possess the puck and be more careful with it is probably the way to go. So maybe it's partly, you know, the way they play, and it doesn't really change from from the first minute of the period to the last. So, um, and then number seven. Bruins end of season awards, Eddie Shore award for exceptional hustle and determination goes to Charlie McAvoy, the Elizabeth Dufresne award, most outstanding in home games, David Parsonak, the Johnny Busick award for charitable endeavors to Nick Foligno, three stars award, third star Patrice Bergeron, second star Brad Marchand, first star David Parsonak. Would you change anything? Um. I don't think I would change anything. I think those probably are the guys in home games, you know, that have been yeah, probably in home games, the yeah, best players. The stats, I mean, I, the only, the only one I put in is McAvoy. Maybe is one of the stars. Yeah. But that's know. the same thing though. Like who would you take out? So then it's like right. the, the hustle and determination award goes to him, which, you know, that's fine. Um, Pasternak most outstanding in home games, you know, jives with being the first star. Uh, all season Uh, and then charitable for Nick Foligno like I don't have a problem with that like he does a lot for Children's Hospital and you know he has this whole thing with his daughter and um, so you know I don't really have a problem with any of that stuff but yeah like you said I think maybe the only one would be having McAvoy somehow sneak into one of those three stars but you know who, who do you take out? Yeah, I mean, who do you, yeah, who do you, cause I think, and I haven't looked at it, but I, I have a feeling that Patrice Bergeron's numbers at home are, are really good. Uh, tends to play, tends to at least produce more offensively at home. Um, and then Johnny Busick, I guess, uh, decides that charitable endeavors award. And Nick Foligno does do a lot in the community and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and is a big contributor there. So congrats to all. All right, time. Check in on the Whipping Boys. Trent Frederick, um, you know, he's he's been he's been playing fairly well. I mean, he he came back after the healthy scratch against Ottawa after a dumb penalty, and he started to teeter off, uh, as we had been talking about, and scored a goal, looked really good against Pittsburgh, and started to get his game back, and then takes that, you know, dumb penalty against Montreal, and he tends to do that, trying to be, you know, the supportive teammate, and he doesn't have great timing sometimes, and that can hurt you in the playoffs. So I'm still a little concerned about him against really good playoff teams, particularly against a team like Carolina, who has speed and can play offense. And I'm just not sure if Freddie, you know, can compete at a level game in and game out against a team like Carolina. But hopefully, um, I will eat my words on that one. I, th- I feel like he's been much much better uh, since he's been on that line with Coyle and Smith and maybe it's practice and, and, you know, seeing Coyle do it all the time, but at puck possession down low along the boards, like he seems much, much better at that. Mm -hmm. The standing up for teammates thing. I like, like, I I don't have a problem with you wanting to stand up for your teammates. The timing, like you said, is the issue. Mm -hmm. And he really, really needs to get better at that because people in the playoffs, especially, are going to take shots at your guys mm-hmm. and you're going to have to be smart and disciplined mm-hmm. and not take stupid penalties to put your team in a bad, bad spot and in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that will come with experience over the, over the t- over time, over the years, he'll figure it out. Um, I, I think it's, you know, his heart's in the right place, obviously. Uh, he's trying to stick up for his guys, but he does need to do better at that and be more disciplined with that. Cause, uh, especially in the playoffs, people are going to be taking shots at your guys. They're going to be taking runs at your guys and you have to be smart enough to know when, you know, you just want to take the power play and try to score a goal to win a game and not, you know, settle scores. So, um, yeah, yeah. That that yeah. needs to. And if it's you know if it's two to nothing Bruins game one against Carolina on the road, and he takes a penalty like that, 
changes the course of the game. They lose the game. Right. You know, that that's the type of thing that can kill you in the playoffs. Absolutely. So 100%. Uh, so my whiffing boy, Connor Clifton, uh, and he looks like the, uh, the analytical darling will be the, the third, <laughs> the third bear right D for the playoffs. Um, barring any steps, barring any setbacks. And, uh, you know what? I'm actually happy about it. I tell you, he's going to be the you know, the all nickname team. He's friendly fire. He's analytical darling. He's he's uh, he, he's sniper. He's, he's cliffy hockey. Oh yeah, yeah, cliffy hockey. Yeah. yeah, I mean, cliffy hockey is you know it's settling in with Derek Forbort. So we'll see you know see how that goes. Yeah. All right, beauties and benders time. In my three beauties, number three, Boston College coach Jerry York. Jerry York retired after. Boy, how many seasons was it? 28, 30? And yeah, a lot. A, a lot of seasons. Uh, 76 years old? 70-something years old? 60-something? Yeah. I don't know. But old. <laughs> old, and, uh, older than us, anyway. <laughs> Jerry went on a long, a long run of some really great teams, and by all accounts, one of the really great men in hockey. So he retired. So congratulations to Coach York. Number two, Eric Halla scored again tonight, 18 goals. He has 18 points in the last 19 games, and it's just been a tremendous number two center that I never thought he was going to be. Did you hear that he has the most points on the team since the All-Star break? I mean, the uh, not the All-Star, the uh, trade deadline. Most points Does on the team. Does he have the most? Wow. That's, I mean, that's really impressive because that was the time when everybody said they needed a number two center. They were, exactly. And they don't get one, and they're all let down. They say, okay, well, Hall is going to let you down, and he leads the team in points. Yep. Well, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Good, for, good for him. And the number one, Guy Lafleur, the flower, passed away. Tremendous tribute, as you said, uh, in Montreal. Just a, such a dangerous player. Gave uh, so many Bruins fans from years past nightmares. Seems like seemed like he scored all the time against the Bruins. Oh, geez. Yeah. Seems like his teams beat the Bruins all the time, which they did. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they did. They did beat them all the time. Right. The Bruins didn't beat the Canadians for 45 years of the playoffs. So yeah. He was a big part of it. He certainly was. Uh, and it was uh, sad to see him go. He's one of the real great players of all time. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my three beauties, I'm going to start with number three, Casey DeSmith, the New Hampshire native with a 52-save shutout. Might as well have been in a rocket chair. But, uh, yeah, good for New Hampshire. Good for Casey DeSmith. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have him at number three. Number two, I have Derek Forbort. Uh, he's been playing excellent hockey lately. He's been very good on the PK. He had that one sh- PK shift um, the other day that where he blocked like three or four shots in a row. Uh, got a tap on the pads actually from Crosby after the shift, and um, he did, yeah. And uh, he's just been playing really well lately. Uh, it's good to see, um, you know, him kind of solidify that third pair. And and number one, I had Brad Marchand, who ended his ended his gold uh, goal scoring drought tonight uh, with a goal. And then you know the last couple of games, you could kind of see it coming. You know, he had a couple of assists, couple of assists, uh, goal and assist tonight. Um, and he seems to be kind of finding his game now. And I think now with the, uh, with the goals tonight, he'll get off that schneid and go on a little bit of a run here and, um, couldn't ask for a better time to do it, you know, heading into the playoffs. So, yeah. And I, and I, you know, he really had, he's, you could tell he's really trying to set guys up and make plays to other players. Like he's finally said, okay, I'm, I'm not scoring. I need to make, he made a brilliant pass to Bergeron that Bobrovsky made a really nice save across yeah. the crease on. It was a saucer pass that was right on the table. Yeah. It was a fantastic pass. Um, and then he had that real quick shot to just to get it on net so Bobrovsky could clean it up. Mm-hmm. Like Those are the types of plays that he's starting to make now and not doing as much of the one-on-one thing as to try to make things something happen for himself. And I think that that's eventually going to snap him out of this like Absolutely. i think and he looked really relieved and the team did like the team when bergeron gave him that pass for the empty netter yeah you know they all smiled yeah. and they're all hugging him and he you could he was even smiling so you could tell I, I think he's about to bust out uh very soon here and and hopefully that is the case uh all right bender's time and my number three bender the playoff format face it you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby 
I can't stand it. I mean, I just hate it. I mean, I just, I don't, you know, I, I just, I, can you just do one through eight and throw a couple play-ins in there or something? You know, can you do kind of what the NBA does, even if it's a spinoff of it? Can you create, you know, just a cut one play-in in each conference and then just play the one through eight thing. Like this thing is just, it's kind of confusing. It's kind of clunky. It's, you know, it, it rewards, uh, it almost rewards teams that don't have, you know, it rewards teams in lesser divisions. It's, I just don't like it. I just don't like I'm it. I'm 100% with you. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's, I think it's a terrible format. Um, the last few years, the Atlantic's been really strong and you had the Bruins, Tampa and the Leafs all, you know, where the teams were over a hundred points, the other divisions, they, they weren't that bad, but, and one of those teams automatically first rounds going home. That's it's awful. Like that's right. not what you want. You want the best teams to be playing the, the worst teams, so that you get better matchups as the playoffs go along. So right. I, I agree with you 100% one through eight. And if you want to, if you want to add in a ninth and 10th to do a one game playoff play in type of deal, do that. Um, but yeah, get rid of this current format and right. and and do what everyone else in all the other leagues do. Right. For crying yeah. out loud. Yeah, give me a, you know what? Give me like a a 7 10 8 9 yeah. semifinal to yeah. a final back-to-back nights like just make it rugged and then just go in and play the play the 1 through 8. Yeah. And uh and I think you're right. I think that's the the biggest point of it is that you are taking really good teams out of the playoffs right away. Yeah, and I just don't. A, you know, those no. Bruins Maple Leaf series. Yeah, like where both teams are really good, and one team goes home. That like shouldn't right be happening. It shouldn't yeah. be like those series shouldn't no. be happening in round one. Just shouldn't. No, no. I mean, in the East all. this year, all the teams have over 100 points, so it's going to be an absolute war. But oh, it that's is. neither here it nor is. there. Uh, yeah, this is probably not the best example. <laughs> right. It's not a great. Right. It's just not a great format. Uh, number two, our old buddy Joe Thornton. Face it. You're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. I think it's time to to hang it up there, Jumbo Joe. I mean, t- tonight, you know, just getting into it with Thomas Nosek taking his helmet off, like just trying to be. First of all, Joe Thornton's been an unbelievable player for many years. I mean, he has uh, however many fifteen hundred points, whatever it is. I mean, he's probably one of the more underrated players in the history of the game. I mean, he's just a great playmaker, the whole thing. Uh, great center, great power play center, all of that. But my God, like. I think it's time to to just to, to wrap it up. And I know he's trying to grab a cup. And I, you know what? If the Bruins don't win, you know, and if they're out, I'll root for Florida to win and get him a cup. Fine, get him a cup. That'd be great. I like it when great players, you know, win the championship because they deserve it. But um, I think it's time for Joe to seriously consider being done after this year. Yeah, I do too. I, I think you should hang it up. And the sneaky dirtbag play, uh, tripping yes. McAvoy there. Uh, yeah. for that penalty. The little, the little the, yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, McAvoy goes down like he got shot, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. And he stands up and he's like, McAvoy's laughing on the bench. When, and when Edward said he was down, I saw him laying on the ice. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, that's What's what I heard, happen? too. And I was like, is, yeah. he, is he hurt? I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. And then he skated over to the bench and he was kind of laughing. I think yeah. he kind of sold it. But, yeah, that was a sneaky, dirty play. Uh, and then number one, the Carolina Hurricanes. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Looks like this is going to be the opponent of the Boston Bruins in the first round. So let the hate begin. Yeah, I can't stand them. I don't, I don't I like can't it. Stand them. I, I've I've never liked them. I'm pissed that they left and and took the and pre- still pretend that they're the Whalers, even though they I fucking know. moved away from there. Like yeah. you, you don't deserve to wear the Whalers jerseys. No, you don't you deserve to not be able to wear those throwbacks. No, you sh- you're not that franchise. No, dude. you're not that franchise. You moved. You don't right. get to fucking claim that now. No, you don't no. get brass bonanza. That shit's fucking no. sacred. You can't have that. Fuck you guys. No, fuck off. Fuck all no. y'all. <laughs> I know. I'm with you. <laughs> I just you know that's like the Minnesota Wild like using the North Stars. You weren't the North Stars. Yeah. Like you. Nope. You left the energy and came back like no that just doesn't work I, no. don't, I don't like it and here's the other thing I don't like and I hate it and years ago the Bruins I think they lost to Florida in the playoffs years ago uh, I hate you know, the, the fraudulent fan bases who come into the playoffs with the towels and the, the whole thing and the hooting and hollering you don't give a flying F about hockey Florida you don't no. You don't. Arizona doesn't. Florida doesn't. Carolina doesn't. None of you. So when Carolina is hooting and hollering about their hurricanes, I just can't stand losing 
We're an original six franchise. Yeah. I, don't, I can't stand losing to a fraudulent NHL city. No, it pisses me off because they have, they'll have like, you know, all season long, they'll have like 9,000 people in there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the playoffs roll around and it's banged out. Like, oh, where yeah. were you people all season long? You were at a NASCAR race. All right. right. So go yeah. fuck off. Get it. Get out of here. <laughs> right. You don't know hockey. No, you don't know it. You so. care more about Martin Truex Jr. or some right. fucking right. guy than than you know Jordan Stahl or, or Vincent Trocheck or somebody. Like, so how's your son's hockey high school hockey team doing? You don't even have high school hockey, you right. jackass. Like, <laughs> no one plays hockey in North Carolina. Like, come on, dude. They're all in the outer no. banks riding horses and shit. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, they are. They can't even drive in a half an inch of snow one time a year. One time every seven years uh well all right so i guess i got to do some benders now huh <laughs> right okay so uh my three benders are gonna start with number three and it is radko gudis you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby i've always hated this guy i really have uh, no, i've I, always I really just i hate him always yeah, always hated this guy probably he because he tries to flyers? Was he yeah he was with the flyers for a yeah, long time yeah. he tries to crush everybody he leads the he league does. in hits i think <laughs> he and he came across trying to hit hall on uh the hollow goal tried to hit mm-hmm. hall and hall's kind of spun off it fed it to pasta the bruins get a two-on-one and they scored i loved, loved it, it. Yeah. i loved it uh and the guy is built like a fire hydrant like he is an mm-hmm. absolute tank and he goes down really really easily he does for a guy who likes to hit as much as he does and is built like an absolute tank so radko gudis is my number three and and i would put him on the list every goddamn week if i could but sure. we don't play florida that often uh number no. two patrick hornquist face you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby uh i can't stand this guy either he was with the penguins for a long time same thing he's always in your goalie's face uh which is great if he's on your team uh but you know stirring things up he he had a uh little scrum tonight with clifton and where clifton got right in his face and gave him a shove and a punch which i loved so that was nice to see uh he was a minus two tonight so yeah fuck you, you. Think his nickname is horny it, it absolutely is 100 percent. 100 percent. which is which you know I mean, you can't fault the guy for that. I mean, that's tremendous. <laughs> no. no, I, I love hockey. Uh, hockey. Yeah. We we would maybe do a whole episode on hockey nicknames sometime because yeah. I love hockey nicknames. We'll do that in the summer. We'll just talk about hockey nicknames. I love it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, Gudis was also minus one tonight too, by the way. Mm. So oh, good. Both those guys were minus players tonight. Then they're both assholes. Uh, and then number one is Nesson. Face it. You're a neo maxi zoomed dweeby. Because they have a video made out of, you know, gum and string and <laughs> paper cups. Uh, I was watching a game the other night on Fubo and it just went black. And I was like, what is happening? Where yeah. is the game? Yeah. Gone. 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 And I flipped to another yeah. channel. It was there. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. <Stop the laughs> Flip, flipped it back. Yeah. Black. Right. I'm like, what is going on? Why is the game yeah. not on right now? Yeah. And uh, yeah, Nesson. You know, uh, the thing with the Red Sox, uh, the whole, th- I, they let all that talent leave. Uh, yeah. They don't pay anybody. They Terrible won't let the, shows. they, they won't let the broadcasters go on the road for games when every, yeah. every other team in the league is doing it. Um, they're just cheap. Their programming sucks. Oh, it's the, terrible. The ticker is horrible. Yeah. The whole product, the whole thing. If, yeah. if I didn't have to watch games on Nesson, like if the Bruins and the Red Sox uh, were not on Nesson, I would not own the channel. I would not no. own the channel. No, I wouldn't. Um, but it, no. that's the only way you can watch the game, so I have to have it. Um, yeah. But it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, it, it's it's less than professional. That's what drives me nuts. Like tonight I'm You're watching right. I'm like, this You're is right. not a professional TV station. Like the people working there, like I don't take a little bit of pride in like we we look like holy ass right now. Like, it's it's bad. it's the WKRP of television. <laughs> it's less Nesman, it's it's Dr. Johnny Fever. Yeah. You know, the you station manager the might as well be Gordon like, Jump. <laughs> just just throwing turkeys out of the window. I yeah. swear I thought turkeys could fly. That's a, that's the that's the general manager in Nesson. I swear to God, I thought I I swear to God I thought the video was working. I thought it was working. I don't know. You got guys like putting wires together and I don't know in the back room. It's just it's just dreadful. And that's what I thought of today. Like 
aren't people like professional? Like, aren't people <laughs> want, saying to themselves, like, this is not professional television. This looks like cable access. This it looks does. like community cable access. Yeah. Like, it's just, and you know what? I think Nesson might have made the Benders list the most all season long over any other player. Because I think we've had, I, I have to look back. Nesson might be on here a handful of times. Yeah, that's a good chance of that. A good yeah, chance for of different that. things. Absolutely. And that's sad. We might have to do that. and might have to do that in the off season too. Oh, do like a time. Yeah. Do yeah. like a tabulation or the all time. Yeah. Like see who, who made the most, who made the list the most. And, oh. and, and yeah, that'll be an off season. You know, what we're having, oh. we're having the bendies. We're having the bendies. Oh, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we are. <laughs> that's what we are. Yeah. Okay. We are. We're just, you know, we're just, we're just programming right here on air. Yeah. It's uh, all better than Nesson programming too. <laughs> Boom. There you go. That's for damn sure. They should broadcast this podcast on Nesson. <laughs> They absolutely they should do that. They 100 percent do that. Yeah, absolutely. Sponsored by put us in a uh, Salem Five studio on fucking Lansdowne Street. <laughs> Give us some beers and some shit. You know, get the five second delay ready, but it'll be top top level. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Top seven Bruins Benders podcast power rankings. Number seven, Tampa Bay jumps in new two time defending champs with one four in a row. Number six, Carol, uh, Calgary drops one spot. They won two in a row. Minnesota Wild jump in at five. They've won five in a row. Uh, fourth, Colorado drops two spots. They've lost four in a row. They were number one for a while mm-hmm. in these rankings. Mm-hmm. And now they've lost four in a row. And that's a little... Yeah, that's concerning know, for them. Know, it's a little concerning because they've they've failed in the past when they've been mm-hmm. you know, favorites. Mm-hmm. So it could happen again. Uh, number three, Toronto drops a spot, but they have 113 points. They've won two in a row. Carolina jumps up five spots. They've won five in a row. Not a good sign for the potential Bruins first round. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> and then number one, Florida still stays there. They've lost this one game to the Bruins, <laughs> but they are number one in the power rankings. Yeah, they are. They've uh, they've been playing well and been playing well all year. So that was a really nice win for the Bruins tonight. So now we'll move on to the bottom three of the Bruins Benders Power Less rankings. And coming in at number thirty, the expansion Seattle Kraken with fifty eight points. Um, not bad for them actually, not being a basement dweller. Uh, seeing that you're an expansion team, so coming in at number thirty for them, uh, thirty one, the Arizona. Coyotes have lost 10 in a row. They have 50, 51 points. And coming in at number 31 in a tie only because of Guy Lafleur. Okay. The Montreal Canadiens with 20 wins. They've lost nine in a row. And they lose on Guy Lafleur night. So we really should dock them. One for that. We so should. I think we will. We Coming in at 32, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you know, how sad is this when you are up there with an expansion team and a team who plays in a college campus? <laughs> like, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. You are worse than those two. Yeah. You're oh, an original so. six franchise Yeah, uh, that is with the dredges of the league. Oh, my God. I mean, You're that's... 4,800-seater and the Kraken, who I still don't know what that animal is. I think it's a like giant octopus. I think is it an octopus? I think so. With all sorts of all sorts of legs, tentacles, a, a, and a so handsy, forth. a handsy octopus. <laughs> handsy octopus. <laughs> yeah, a little flirty. Uh, get a little handsy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's your bottom three with Montreal coming in at number thirty-two. Wow, two games to go, and I don't think they're getting out of that last spot. But uh, all right, weekend week is ahead for the Bruins, April twenty-eighth. Versus Buffalo at home. Looks like they'll have a full lineup for that one. And then April 29th at Toronto. Kind of a shame it didn't doesn't mean anything uh, at the end of the year, but it doesn't really for either team. And uh, you'll see a lesser Bruins lineup for that one. And then the end of the regular season, in a couple of uh, dates to, re- to remember, May 2nd, Monday, will be the playoffs will begin then. And then May 10th is the NHL draft lottery. Interesting. So I wonder who I wonder who will have the uh, number one pick. Hopefully the, not Montreal. Uh, draft. Yeah, boy, I hope it's not Montreal. Oh, they'll probably screw that up because they haven't drafted particularly well over the years, mm-hmm. the most recent years. Uh, all right, uh, Bender's poll time. Will the Bruins ever score a power play goal again? Will they 0 for 35 now? 
in the last 12 games. 12 games without a power play goal now. I can't talk about this because I, yeah. I said on Twitter tonight <laughs> that I, I will not talk about the power play. The power play is dead to me from this point on until they score a goal. So I will have no part in this conversation. Okay, so here it is. Will the Bruins ever score a power play goal again? And here are the choices. No comes in at 11%. Nope comes in at 24%. Not a chance comes in at 26%. And I guess comes in at 39%. So there is some positivity there. Uh, And Pasternak is back. Maybe Marshan's off the schneid. You know, we'll see, but you can't discuss it. So we won't until they score. <laughs> Hopefully against Buffalo, they score four power play goals and get the get the ship ready there. Uh, hey, rate and review for charity. One dollar goes to the Bruins Foundation for every rate and review on Apple or any rating on Spotify. And go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. We also have the uh, Boston Pricks merch up there. Uh, have to play more like Pricks. We have that uh, merchandise up there as well. And now here we are. Time to announce the two winners of the drawing as we reached 1,000 followers on Twitter. And you can follow us on Twitter at Bruins Benders. Sydney Joe 44 and Michelle MyBell 71. Two wonderful Bruins fans, two followers of the Bruins Benders podcast. You have each one. A Bruins Benders t-shirt. Congratulations, ladies. We will yes. reach out to you on Twitter and uh, get your information, and you can choose your specific Benders t-shirt and color and, and style and whatever size sure. you want, and yeah. uh, we'll send that on out to you, and you can, you know, have a have a t-shirt. It'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's it, and great. Thanks for everybody who participates and who engages on Twitter. We've had a great f- Twitter following. We have a lot of followers on there who engage with us during the games and who listen to the podcast, and we appreciate it immensely. And now it's time to announce what we're doing for the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> yeah, the playoffs are here. Two games left. And the last game of the regular season will be April 29th. So we will drop the next episode on Sunday, May 1. And that'll be our playoff preview on Sunday, May 1. And then we will announce on that episode what we, what we will be doing for the playoffs. Yeah, it should be fun. We're going to wrap up the uh, regular season. We'll preview the playoffs and, and get into that. And we'll you know probably know the matchup, I would assume, by then. <laughs> Yeah, if I not, assume. if not earlier, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a good time. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the this team making a run in, in the playoffs. Hopefully, deeply in the playoffs, a deep mm. run. Uh, mm. Getting deep, balls deep, pucks deep, mm. everything deep, pucks and deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And hopefully, you do make a, a a good run, so we can have some really good podcast talk here in the coming weeks. So keep tuning in. We appreciate everybody listening. Have a great uh, couple of days. We'll we'll be back on again, dropping Sunday night, May first. Thanks a lot. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>